Alright man, so I'm knee deep in this <laughs> right? All of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that knee deep, bro? From what direction? That's the real question. I've thought. I, so that's my intro line. I've used that all the time. Like you know, we're talking about someone. You know, talking behind someone's back. They walk into the if room. If you're watching, just turn the whole episode off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you uh, you're talking about someone, uh, and they walk into the room. You need to quickly transition out. Yeah. And we all gotta, you know, use something. Mine has always been the second that door opens and I see their face before the person with me can do that. <gasps> oh, f- face! I always go. So I'm knee deep in this. That way, the person who walks in, they're like, is that old face because he just said some wild Or because they were talking Now they don't know. They're stunned. It worked. I hate this <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Back with ER Black. I am your exuberant host, ER Black. Thank you for coming back and spending some time with me. I got a guest with me today. Who are you, sir? Kevin Bentenker, soon to be attorney at law. Real For those shit. who don't know, Kevin is my unofficial legal advisor, <laughs> best friend for life, and <laughs> being honest with each other. For too long now. How many how many scenarios that we should not have been in have we been Bruh. in together? Take a second to think about that. Bro, and also remember, I just introduced you as my legal advisor. <laughs> yeah, but this is a new new field for me, uh, right? I've been doing this for two years, so I had a past. I mean, you know, I hope the board of uh, bar examiners will understand I had a past. <laughs> Definitely, we have. I couldn't count. There's been situations Jeez. where we did things uh, from doing things to other people's cars. Uh, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> going to lounges. Going on cruises, some crazy. Like my girl watched it, bro. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Wait, hold on, y'all. We all together like that? Nah, nah. nah you it don't. Let me tell you. Let me yeah. tell you, bro. Do tell. It doesn't matter when y'all were or when y'all weren't together. If she wants to be mad at you, <laughs> she doesn't need that much of a reason. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the scoop, bro. I'm gonna give you the scoop. Hit me, hit me. That's just that is the scoop. Oh, it doesn't scoop. matter. No, you think you're right because of when it happened. <laughs> you think it's none of her business. You think it's before mm. her. Mm. What does the rock say? It does not matter, bro. It doesn't <laughs> matter, bro. She's gonna be tight about something if she wants to be tight. I feel like there is a difference, I love you, though. Man. I love you. I feel like there is a difference between what happens during the relationship and what happened before. You know what I mean? Because when you walk into a relationship, where if it's something that just happened, right, then you can have the expectation that that person is still very similar to the person they just were like a month or two That's ago. That's deep. But now if you're talking about something that happened months ago, I don't know. And now if you're talking years Come on. Now, the question for me in that regard, and it's crazy because I did not plan to start here, but life is a good <laughs> way you plan. When you jump into a new relationship, mm. what are you willing to initially disclose? What are you willing to disclose after enough time? Mm. And what do you potentially never plan on exclu- ex- What's the word? Exclosing. Ex- exclosing. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be like five minutes into this. Damn. 
We've been drinking for a minute, huh? Uh, Sipping that. No, that's honestly, later. yeah, man. That's a good. That's a good question. I think that when I walk into, so now, do you mean from the date of the relationship starting, like you are now my girlfriend, or you mm. mean like from the moment you start going on dates? Because date one, you can't be disclosing everything. Because there's a, I guess a talking. It's weird because there's a talking phase right. in which you date, mm-hmm. and then there's a dating phase in which you're in in a relationship. Right. Right. So. I guess I'll say the relationship only for the sake of what we classify everything as in the generation today. Because the it don't make sense to me that we wait to say we're dating because I figure out if I want to date you by going on dates. Yeah, right? So, so then it's like, like, who came up with this? It's convoluted. Who came up with this, bro? But I'll say in a relationship for the, okay. the sake of question. All right. So for in a relationship, yeah. if you made it to that point, you better have disclosed a fair amount of things already, right? Mm. So, like, she she should know about your bad habits, right? Like, <laughs> if she knew about those, is she still willing to date you? <laughs> <laughs> like, at a minimum, uh, she should know, are, are you messy? Do you hate doing the laundry? Yeah. Do you not do dishes? Those are things you should probably like disclose before the relationship starts. So she has an idea of the kind of person you are. Right. But then you got the things you don't need to disclose, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I I cheated on all my exes. Is that something <clears throat> you need to say? Probably, now that I'm, I'm thinking about I'm it. I'm asking you, is it? As I'm speaking, and, you know, nah, that's, you got to disclose that before you date. You can't walk that's into a relationship with a girl, and then afterwards, once you're dating, be like, by the way, I cheated <laughs> on all of my exes. Might want to know. That's the type of any. All right, I got it. Before you go into a relationship, yeah. you need to disclose any information that would be a determining factor as to whether they would date you or not. I think that's the way to do it. Okay. It's, I think it's wrong to be in the relationship and then start giving them information that would have made them change their mind about dating you before. That's deep. Does that make? Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think it's fair for me. If y'all listening and disagree, I don't agree with it then. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, that's that's real, bro. And I think that because I think everything, especially in terms of relationships, is relative to you and them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? What do you what are you cool with first right, and foremost? Right, right. And I think that's the the place where a lot of people skip. They always want to know if the other person's okay with something or if they're comfortable with something, but people aren't comfortable within themselves. Mm. That's a that's a bigger topic. But you know, knowing Something that may be a trigger for your partner and taking that into consideration when you disclose something to have a conversation. That's deep. So, like, that's all right, because this is the perfect example, right? Let's yeah. say you start dating a girl. Right. Three months in, she tells you, uh, by the way, uh, you know, I've been on and off on heroin my whole life. Uh, and you said three months in? Three months in, right? She's on and off, on and off. Every couple, six months, actually, she relapses, right? And then she goes, and I, I've caught two bodies as well. Uh, but, you know, you're cool with what that, right? What are we right? talking about? Call about? Because that can mean two Homicidal. Days. Okay. I was <laughs> hoping what? it was the other one. <laughs> I know, nah. Two bodies, that's nothing, bro, at our age. Two bodies? No, I thought she meant, like, it, during the relationship in the span of the... the it doesn't Oh, matter. in the three She's months. committed murder and yes. shot up heroin yes. several times. So now, and you find that out three months into the relationship. That's grounds to break up with someone. Grounds to break up? Taking the to court. <laughs> grounds to break up? What? Yo, intentional infliction of emotional distress, bro. Yo, and it's crazy because where I planned to start was, <laughs> what is your one tip of legal advice for okay. the audience today? Oh, easy. Do not ever, 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 please God, speak 
to the police. There is no reason for you to ever, 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 ever speak to the police. I, so I actually, I teach uh, constitutional law to high school students. Um, Dope. Get your, get your teacher on, bro. And so I, whenever I cover Fourth Amendment law, I open up the chapter this way, and I'm always like, all right, first thing everyone in this class needs to understand, do not speak to the police. Nothing you say to the police will ever benefit you. Like, if you hear your Miranda rights, it's anything you say can and will be used against you. That did always stand out to me, Loki. Hell, that is not designed to help you. It will not be helping you. They will only be introducing information that you said that is damning. And they'll take it out of context. You might have said three sentences, right? The first one is, uh, I was there on Friday, but I didn't shoot him. I really don't like the guy. You know what the jury's going to hear? I was there on Friday. I really, I really don't, don't like, like the guy. guy. That's what the jury's going to hear. Yo, it's only crazy because now that I think about the rights that they read to you, they're kind of telling you that they're going to do that. Yes, they're they're straight up with you. They're like, yeah, whatever you say, we're going to screw you with it. Oh, That's the only intention. So I always tell this to my high school students. I'll, I'll spread... Uh, a word of legal advice, which I'm not authorized to give until July, by the way, but that's okay. I'm a couple months away. This isn't legal advice. This is just uh, a helpful tip from a fellow citizen. Um, if a police officer ever stops you, the the words you say are, officer, am I being detained or am I free to go, right? So how it works is if you're being detained, they have to tell you. That means that they're holding you, and then they need to provide some level of proof that you did something wrong to hold you. That's crazy because I was detained once and they didn't prove that. And I didn't even well, know that you, was a thing. So they can detain you. It's like a holding as they have a very small window, but as they formulate their suspicion. So what How were you detained for? How small was that window? Because they told me if I left, they was going to book me. But you, they can Okay. So, so I'm, glad, I'm glad I didn't leave. So but. here's the thing, right? Yeah. So if you ask, am I being detained or am I free to go? A cop would likely either avoid the question... If you're not being detained, okay. he'll just be like, you know, we're just talking. What are you doing? And That's I can just walk say. away. He can't do shit. Walk away. Bad. You should probably say it one more time. Just be like, officer, if I'm not being detained, uh, I, I would leaving. like to leave. <laughs> and then that clears up the, the discrepancy, make sure they don't get crazy. Okay. Um, but if you are being detained, step two, shut the f*** up. I, I can't say this any other way. Yeah. Shut the f*** up. And all you got to say is... In that case, uh, I wouldn't like to answer any questions until I speak with my lawyer. That's it. Or I would like a lawyer. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing further because, like I said before, nothing you say can be used to help you. It can only be used against you. Facts. No reason ever to speak to a police officer. Ever. Ever. (laughs) Even if you just saw some crazy shit, the cops start asking you questions. You say one thing, you mess up one word, yeah. and you might be implicated in a crime that you had nothing to do with. Do not help the police. Mm. It's just not beneficial. That's deep. That's my word of advice. That's deep. That, shout, out, shout out to all my cop friends out there, too. I do apologize. I think you guys do one of the hardest jobs uh, that there yeah. is. I really do think that. So that's uh, a topic. Like, How hard do you think it is right now for the good cops? Dude, it, I couldn't imagine. I wouldn't yeah. want to be a cop because now you're in a position— where your entire field is being hated. Facts. Rough. Facts. And justifiably so. You're being your whole field is being hated. I'll put it this way. If airline pilots started crashing planes left and right, that's the a hell whole of an field, analogy, bro. The whole field is gonna be hated. That's a hell of an analogy. You have a hell of a responsibility as a cop, so you don't get the right to mess up. You can't mm. screw up. 
Just like an airline pilot can't screw up. That's 130 lives on their hands if they f As a cop, you don't get that right. Mm. It sucks, but that is the job. And so for the good cops, I think it's definitely a lot harder because now you're not just dealing with the regular day-to-day -day type of shit. On top of that, you're dealing with every other person being skeptical of you, not liking you, being concerned about you. Even people who are law-abiding citizens do not feel comfortable around cops. They're carrying guns. That's just not a, you know what I mean? You don't right. feel comfortable being next to someone with a gun if you don't know them. Nah, that's real, bro. That's definitely a real topic. So where are you in your legal career as of now? I am a month and a half from graduation. Then I get my JD. Then I have uh, about two months to study for the bar exam. And after, in August, like the 1st okay. of August, actually the 1st of August, I just took the bar exam. It takes three months to get the results back. So until November, man, I'm just a, a, a citizen. <laughs> then after that, I'll be a lawyer. All right, bet, bro. So what made you want to get into the field in the first place? Man, real <laughs> hating cops. <laughs> And it all comes it's full, full circle. circle. <laughs> full circle. Uh, so when I originally wanted to get into the field, yeah. uh, I was in college. When I went to college, when we went to Montclair. First Shout semester. Out Montclair State. Montclair State University. The roots. Yeah, of a lot of shit. Yo, great times. Um, some bad times, too, but great times. Sometimes I think about who I would be if it wasn't for Montclair. You know what's funny? I've thought about that a lot. What So... Before going to Montclair, uh, I actually wanted to go to county college. I don't know if you know that. I didn't want to go to college what? at all. Fernando, That makes my a dad. lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a girlfriend in high school who, uh, you know, I, I was happy with. Where? Uh, I was working, like, part-time jobs, making money. Mind you, money was, like, 300 bucks bi-weekly. But when you live at your in parents' house. In high school, that's a bunch of money, that's bro. That's a bunch what? of money. You don't know what to do it's with it. It's like a million when you don't got bills. Yeah. So I had no perspective on anything. Facts. Um, and when my dad was like, you know, you're going to college, I was like, yeah, I'll go to like county college or something. I don't, I don't want to go to college. He's like, well, no, no, you have to go to a four year school. And I was like, why? That's expensive. I don't want to. It's expensive. And he was like, no, you have to. I'm like, dad, I don't want to take out a ton of loans and stuff just for like a degree that honestly a bachelor's in 2020 does not mean that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, it really doesn't. I know what you're saying. Why do you think I'm in a master's program, dog? Yeah, yeah. we both had to go and pursue graduate degrees. Yeah. Everybody I know is planning or is currently enrolled for a graduate degree because right now a bachelor is like, it's yeah. like, so what? If you say you have a bachelor's, they're like, so does every other applicant. What else? Yeah, if you what, got what like about a you? specific certification in something or something. Regardless. Yeah. I don't even remember. We're supposed to be talking about. I'm a oh. great podcast host, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> you asked me. You asked me what made me choose law school. Yes. All right. Uh, so, uh, around college, my first semester, I actually went into college for a justice studies program. I okay. intended on being uh, some form of law enforcement. Originally, now was that at Montclair or Community College? That was at Montclair. I never went to Community College. Okay. Actually, my dad told me um, either you go to community or the, you go to a four year school. Or you go to a four-year school. Those are your options. So pick the four-year school. Shout out Fernando. Fernando's a, Yo, you your don't pops play games. is a real G, bro. I've thanked him many times for your that. Your pops is a real G. At graduation, actually, you were there at my graduation party. Um, Hell yeah! I shouted him out for that when I was like, "Shout out Fernando for not giving me any choices at all and forcing me to go to college because I wouldn't have done it without him." Yeah, real. Sh I'll tell you, yeah. I remember that, but I remember none of that. Even. <laughs> <laughs> So, went in, wanted to do some form of law enforcement. Right. I wanted to be a detective originally. Word. I like the idea of, like, solving something, you know? Okay. Like, 
putting all the pieces together and coming to a resolution. That was like the fun part for me. Okay, cool. Um, and then I realized that cops have a very bad name for a very good reason um, because mm. they have it. You know, I think it's a it's a human complex where power just it's like this greed thing. Like as soon as you get a taste of power. You overcome. You like need it. You need more. That's you got to enforce it. You got to show everybody how much power you have. Yeah. And so it turned into one of those things where I was like, man, this sh- is dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous as hell. And honestly, as time went on, I just I didn't want to be a cop. But law, well, that paid a lot more, and it was all the like building blocks of what I liked. I liked the solving. I liked the winning, being on top. Okay. And then law gave me the opportunity to do that, but to do it to benefit somebody, which I liked more. Word. So right now, my goal long term is plaintiff's personal injury. Uh, it gives me the ability to fight against like corporations and pharmaceutical companies and all that kind of stuff um, to make money for the person who was injured. In that regard, do you trust Johnson & Johnson? Absolutely not. Johnson & Johnson is one of the most corrupt pharmaceutical companies. Please, God. Do not use their products. Anybody watching this, I did not know he was going to say that, and I love Johnson & Johnson. Their lotion is the soft in the world. Johnson & Johnson has gotten sued so many times. I sat in a courtroom, watched a Philadelphia jury award a $8 billion, with a B, $8 billion verdict against Sheesh. Johnson & Johnson. Because you know what they did? They marketed a drug called Risperdal, which was made to treat schizophrenia, to children with autism to expand their market and a child that was 13 years old with autism, a boy, ended up growing boobs. He had breast tissue because of the effects of this drug. They gave Jimmy titties, bro? (laughs) Yeah, they gave Jimmy eight bill. That's what they gave him. They gave him eight billy. Nuts. Nuts. That got struck down, by the way. Then they appealed it. Johnson Johnson fought it. They appealed it. I think it got struck down to like Six point eight million or something minuscule, and what, minuscule. Get the well. All right, hold on. So all right, let me <laughs> let me justify that. Let me justify that. So when the attorney on the case uh, went and he was doing his closing arguments, and right. it was an incredible moment, I gotta say. Right. Um, the thing in PA is that you can't tell a jury how much money they should give the client, right? Because that's interesting. You have to let the jury decide on their own, but you're allowed to put it in perspective for them, right? So what we're talking about against Johnson Johnson was punitive damages. Like these are the damages that are made to like punish so that uh, they don't had, do it. He had punitive titties, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll was... be honest. I, I'd never met the child. Uh, I actually don't even know his name because for children, they use initials. They don't even use the kid's name because I mean like, all right. It's the reason for that. Think about that, right? It's published everywhere. It's like child with titties. Like <laughs> that kid's going to get roasted. He's already got autism. Now they're going to roast him for having titties. Oh, they only marketed it for children with autism. Wait, wait. They, they, this is the saddest story I've heard It's messed day. up. Johnson & Johnson targeted children with autism. And they ended up giving a boy with autism who's 13 years old breast tissue. He had breasts. Yo. That's f- man. Yo. Lotion. I'm sorry. I'm glad it, it feels good. But don't forget, their talcum powder also used to get sued for cancer. Don't know if you remember I that. I do remember that, actually. Crazy how I that. I did hear about that. Don't yeah. hear about that no more, huh? I did hear about that. They had that sh- hushed quick. All right, so maybe not Johnson & Johnson. All right, so at closing arguments, the attorney goes, 
Punitive damages are designed to punish a company and make them not want to make this mistake again, right? That sounds fair. And then he goes, uh, I can't tell you what to award this, uh, the plaintiff. I, I can't tell you what to give this child. Right. But what I can tell you is that a couple million is roughly what they make in a couple of hours. So if you award this kid a couple of million, Johnson & Johnson's looking at that as, oh, so we give a child who's 13 years old with autism breasts, and it only costs us well, like three hours of work. Facts. That's deep. So what do you do? So then he says, I don't remember what Johnson Johnson's worth. It's in the billions. I think it's somewhere like John. I'm surprised they ain't like hit the trillions yet, to be honest. Johnson and Johnson, <laughs> they bro? got money. Hell so yeah. So they're between. There's a big range, but they're between like sixty and eighty billion, somewhere over there. I, I don't remember what it was exactly, but he pretty much goes like, and I love the way he did it. He just left it silent. And as he does this, there's a uh, so in City Hall in Philadelphia, uh, the train. The subways run underground right under the courtrooms. So there's moments in the courtroom when you're sitting there and a train passes by and literally the the courtroom starts to shake. You hear the rumble and you hear it build up, get loud, loud, loud. And then you hear it like go quiet. And then it just like it zooms away and it's silent. So as this is happening. <laughs> you fly as hell. I, I, I don't know how he timed it. I swear yeah. to God, this guy must have gotten. This attorney was incredible, by the way. He must have gotten like the, the times the train was coming. Probably. He's like. He's like, so how do you punish? And now, like, the train is building, it's building. How do you punish a company worth 68 billion? Now the train's like roaring into the station, dollars. <laughs> and then it just like zooms away, dead silence in the courtroom. The rumble is gone. And everyone's just sitting there, like, did that just happen? Did this guy just time the train to make that point? He nice. And real, shit, how do you punish a company worth 68 billion dollars? Mm. A Philadelphia <clears throat> jury said 8 billion. I was having a conversation the other day, and it's like I'm at the point now in this episode where the script is pretty much gone. I'm sorry, my bad. My <laughs> no, bad. don't be. I love this. This this is that work, but um, it was more of like a, a slavery conversation. Oh yeah, you know, in the history of that, and it's like I think there's so much history with that, but a lot of people always think of America on the assumption that America was built on slavery true but i don't think that was the goal i think the goal was the revenue i think the goal was to jumpstart the country i think that the goal was greed the goal was the money i don't think we really cared at all what it took to get to there. get there and i think you know looking at that from a greed perspective and even as a kid in history like there was a lot of conversations we used to have you know, do you think a lot of the colonizers might have used some of the Native Americans or the Indians to be slaves? I think they would have. They didn't because they killed them all because <laughs> they wanted their resources. I don't think that these colonizers wanted to murder the Native Americans. They just wanted all their resources and were not saying no and they weren't taking no for an answer. So you have these group of people you take them from their land, you bring them to your land, and you force them to work for you, X, Y, and Z, just to get the bread. And I think we have a whole bunch of systems and a structure and a government and a, an ideology, more or less, which is super deep, but created for the image of the black man. All for the purpose of continuing the money. Yeah. I think like there's a very large group 
I'm just on like my lit soapbox right now. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I think there's a large group of people that look at African Americans or black people, which are not the same thing, in America. Yo, I, <laughs> I got corrected one time in class. Yeah. And I got corrected by a teacher and she cut me off and I said, black Americans. And she goes, uh, the term is African Americans. And I was like, no, I have friends who are Dominican. They're not. They're not from Africa. There's and a difference. They're black. That I don't understand what you mean. She goes, the politically correct term is African American, and I'm like, no, that's offensive. They're from Dominican Republic, not, not Af- Africa. They're Hispanic. Yeah, it, it's just skin color. You're talking about a location. We're talking about skin color. Like, they ain't kick you out your program yet. No. <laughs> no got the balls. But more or less, you know, all of this being said, rambling a little bit, but if mm. the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, mm. Ain't that the truth? how evil is America? Man, I'm, all America cares about is money. And you know what's funny? It's like there's this, this pride on capitalism here yeah, and this hatred for anything that resembles socialism. And I, I get it to a point because, honestly, on paper, socialism and communism, on paper, and only on paper, they yeah. work. They work very well. It is a system designed where everyone puts in equal amounts of work to benefit everybody. That's the, the concept, right? The problem is that humans are filled with greed. So they will not be putting mm. in work to benefit others. Not on a mass scale. I mean, like, you see some successful versions of socialism out in like nordic countries right but a nordic country i mean it's smaller than some of our states bro i'm trying to live in denmark denmark's late i'm trying to go (laughs) i'm trying to retire in denmark bro i heard denmark is the way but to answer your question is is america evil we are talking about the same country that dropped atomic bombs on nagasaki and hiroshima because they attacked our military base and Nagasaki and Hiroshima are cities. That is like a dropping. All right, that's like if Europe, Britain got mad at us about something if we attacked their their military base, and then they decided to nuke New York City and Philly. We didn't go for any yeah, military. Those are my two favorite places. <laughs> like that's that's the thing about America though. Yeah. We didn't try and hit any military base. We only aimed for civilians, for women. Children. That that was our aim. It was mm. kill as many civilians as we can. And then we turned around and put our own Japanese citizens in concentration camps. And the Supreme Court said they were cool with it. That's facts. That's the country we're talking about. That's facts. So, and, you know, granted, when you look at the, the world superpowers, we, we're talking about United States, we're talking about China, we're talking about Russia. In the grand scheme of things, we are better than China and Russia, right? Russia... They don't even have elections, not really. They have fake elections where Putin wins every time magically. Uh, and things are rough in Russia. I mean, they still kill people just for being gay. Yo, remember we met that Russian chick? Yeah. That was giving us the scoop she on told us. We met a Russian girl, and she told us both Yo. that uh, if we went to Russia, they would kill us because we would both be considered gay over there. And the, what made the situation worse at the time, I was wearing pink that day. <laughs> That's why she was ready to kill you. It didn't help. No, not at all. You know what's weird? If you're Russian, you're technically Asian. I don't know if you know that. Russia isn't Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? You're technically Asian. I mean, you're very much white. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) that's what, like, and that's what I'd be trying to figure out. On a form, you should be checking off Asian. Like, you are from Asia. 
I don't know. You think if, they, Asian. if a Russian person took an SAT mm. in America, right. would they check the white Caucasian box or the Asian Pacific Islander box? All right, let me ask you a question. Yeah. If a white man from South Africa took the SAT in America, does he check the African-American box or the white box? Because in theory, he's, brother. he's African-American. He's from Africa. Facts. You know what I'm saying? That's the stupid race in this country. Makes no sense. And it's also, and yeah. at Montclair, I took a course. Uh, I don't even remember what it was called. It's like anthropology or something. Um, but the whole study of the course, and I might have gotten the name completely wrong, was essentially, uh, or part of it, a chapter, was how race is viewed all around the world, right? I took something like that in an anthropology class. So you might yeah, be anthro. Right. It was anthro. Yeah, you might be right. And so one of the topics which I found very interesting was that in Brazil, they have several different types of categorizations for race, right? So, like, Word. I would theoretically be considered a different race than a uh, another white person who has blonde hair and blue eyes. I was just thinking, you might want to tell the people what your ethnicity is. Oh, I'm everybody, Hispanic. Everybody <laughs> thinks you're white. I am very—I I look very white. That's just the way it is. Uh, I'm Hispanic. My family is from Uruguay. I'm fluent in Spanish. Tell your family um, from back home what's good. Hola, ¿qué tal? Los extraño mucho. Besos. <laughs> nah, but um, it's interesting the way race is viewed here in America because I, I've spoken yeah. with many Americans and they believe <clears throat> that that government form that you fill out is like the official designation for what race is. And when you think about it, that form makes no sense. Yeah. African-American does not meet black. Like South Africa has so many white people. Yeah. Asia technically includes Russia. So when you say someone's Asian, you should be referring to Russians too as Asian. Theoretically, they're part of the same like you know what I'm saying? I'm not it just sure if we do that. It doesn't make any sense the way America has set up its category of race, how they choose to categorize mm. people. And I also don't think I really understand the purpose of it. Like that's a loaded that's loaded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What does it matter? Does it actually matter? I personally don't think it does, but I am a big fan of human connection and human interaction from, once again, going back to a government or a hierarchical standpoint, I think they thrive off of the division of us. Mm. So, yeah, I think it matters. And, like, I think, like, when all the Black Lives Matter protests took off, of which we were both a part of, mm. and it was like, I loved it. You know what I'm saying? I love what it stood for. But when you see, you know, all of this televised, especially with a very interesting narrative being told on a lot of news stations, another story. Yeah. But why is this division based on race and ethnicity being blasted 24-7 all the time? Keep us divided, Keep us bro. divided. I was watching 100%. some John from Morgan Freeman. He was like, some dudes, white dudes interviewing Morgan Freeman. He was like, how do you feel about Black History Month? He was like, Yo, I hate it. And he was like, you hate Black History Month? And he was like, yeah. He was like, you got a white history month? And the dude was like, nah, I'm uh, I'm Jewish. He said, all right, bet. You got a Jewish history month? <laughs> then he was like, nah, like, don't give me a Black History Month. Like, People want to know all the issues about race. Like, I'll tell you how to solve it. Stop talking about it. I'm not a black man. You're not a white man. We men. Period. Like, if you wanna if you wanna put an end to all the division, like do it that way. Yeah. I think a lot of this is being blasted to the masses for the reason of, you know, preventing that from happening. So I think I think part of it too is though that if you look at the issue of this country with race, yeah, this is an issue that is so old 
that it has gotten to a point now of what, like 250 years, a little bit more? It has now gotten to a point where you cannot right the wrongs without acknowledging the wrongs, right? So, like, affirmative action is something me and you both benefit from. Whenever yeah. I fill out a form, I always say I am Hispanic, right? It's just something, you know what I'm saying? I have never been unemployed, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's like they put in these protections in place. Yeah. But it comes with it many, many concerns. Like, the fact that I write Hispanic on a form, I think twice on many forms mm. because I look very, very white. If I don't want someone to know I'm Hispanic, I just get rid of my language. I don't tell them. You know, I make my hair f- flat and to the right, That's do that deep. little comb over like every other white person. Yeah. And I walk around and I look like them and then I'm good. Yeah, I can't do that, bro. <laughs> when I want to look less nappy, I put a hat on. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what I'm getting at is that uh, the initiative where we fill out what our race is on forms, yeah. it's a two-sided thing right because on one end it might be beneficial in some situations talking about like college applications where they're required to have a certain amount of uh, minority students and then in other situations i really do think twice because if i'm like oh i'm applying to a law firm i don't know how inclined i am to tell them my actual roots because i could easily be discriminated against and it's very it's it's a horrible feeling Right. Mm. I'm sure it's a lot worse for people who like actually look Hispanic or are black. You know what I'm saying? Because then it's like you don't even have a choice. I be doing my my counseling meetings now all virtual. I'm fully virtual. And I just be like sitting there on the chat. And I'm not even going to say it's the specific school I work for because black male counselors are a dime a dozen as it is, you know, anywhere. But I just be sitting there like I look like today. (laughs) (laughs) And it ain't shit I can do about it. And it's, you know, it, it's it's a very weird feeling. But I also embrace it, too. And I think for me, you know, going into a field where I do not, it's, there's not, the primary person that works in the counseling profession, statistically, is white women. Really? Yes. I don't know that. Yes, white women counselors. And we're definitely at a place now over the years where, like, we're, up in the numbers of marginalized groups, like we're making a little bit more inclusive, but black male counselors, it ain't that many. Hmm. It's really not. So I think that's something that I try to carry with pride more or less because when we were kids, like who was in middle school, high school, like I want to grow up and be a school counselor. Yeah, it's facts. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a couple white chicks walking down, you know what I'm saying? But like, for me, like, let me paint the picture for you that you could do this, you could strive for this, to mental health in our communities is cool. Let's normalize that shit because we do not do that. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? Change the narrative a little bit. So You make a really good point, too. I, I don't even, you know, I forget about this yeah. from a day to day, but, and so many rappers talk about this when they're, they're going in. They talk about the fact that in the black community, the perception that's given through the media is that the options available to you are rapping, drug dealing, or sports. Like, that is the perception the media portrays. Like, And I feel like it is ridiculously important mm. to be able to have minorities in roles such as guidance counselors. You know what I mean? Like, roles where it's like you're growing school up counselor. and this what you see. Shout out Aska. The school counselor, bro. But it's good. I'm just correcting my head. You straight. <laughs> school counselor. My bad. My bad. That's a... All right. You provide guidance, don't you? 
I mean, more or less. But, but the name is school. There's that's a lot a... of differences between school counselors and guys counselors. No kidding. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, Do you work in the same office? Yeah, we work in the same office. A okay. lot of the guidance stuff, we've just kind of shifted a little bit more. Guidance counselors didn't do as much skill building. Guidance counselors weren't really, they were social emotional. We were a little bit more than that. Like changing the title kind of changes a lot of, it kind of shifts more of what we do and some of the stigma that comes along with guidance counselors. Like I think for a lot of school administrations, guidance counselors may just be like, send a student over here to just do some random shit. Guidance counselors over here to do some random shit. We just do scheduling. We just do test okay. proctoring. Yeah. We just do a lot of administrative stuff. And it's just like, we still do that too. I'm not going to hold you. But like a school counselor, like we counsel in the school. We network with the other resources within the school. We run 504 IEP meetings. Like guidance counselors probably did a lot of too. But it's more to it. There's more to it. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I, you know, I never really took advantage of the uh, counselor that I had available to me. At Most my people don't. Most people don't. Yeah. Not nearly as much. So at my college, uh, when COVID happened, there mm-hmm. was a, a big argument that broke out over grades, right? The uh, the school and the administration said everyone's being graded, right? And when it comes to law school, my grade is dependent on how well I do compared to everybody else. So yeah, you told me that. When I get a good grade, that means I now force somebody to get a worse grade. That's just – that's literally part of it. So when you, like, do really well in law school – People don't like you because <laughs> you are the reason that their grades are lower. Yeah. That's like just the way they set the curve up. So there was this whole thing talking about this argument. And the school was like, no, you're still being graded exactly like normal, even though we've shut down the school. You're completely remote at home. You don't have any resources anymore. No library. Can't rent out books. You're on your own. But you're still being graded and you got to compete. And I remember for me, at least, I, I've been consistently doing well in school. So like and I have a one bedroom apartment. You know what I mean? Like my shit's not loud. I can study. Yeah. I have, you know, I'm good. But I also got to take into account there are 30 kids in my class. That means that probably at least like 15 to 20 just got f-ed. They just got f-ed so bad because either now they're living at home or now they're in an apartment with all of their roommates. All of their roommates trying to study at the same yeah. time. Either taking a bandwidth on the Wi-Fi so their Wi-Fi is or... They're trying to study, and they got their roommate who has to do a presentation next door. It's loud as hell. They can't study. Yeah. And so I joined in. We petitioned the school. First, we had to petition Drexel University as a university, right? You took Drexel to court? Nah. <laughs> we had to petition the president, and we had to be like, sir, you need to give the law school the right to make its own decision on our grading policy. Once we got won that battle, then we had another battle to overcome our own administration. To And we wrote letters, like legit letters, bro. Letters to the wow. administration being like, you need to give us the opportunity to discuss this. You cannot just go ahead on your own accord and make this decision. We're the people that allow you to stay open. And I was going to say, because y'all law program is so legit, they'll probably hear y'all out. And so they did. They'll probably hear y'all they out. They scheduled town hall. I think it was 45. It was like 300 people in the meeting. 45 students spoke. And mind you, 45 law students speaking, law students speak. Like, we have arguments. We present openings. We give a soliloquy. Like, we really, we make sure our <laughs> is heard. can't even spell soliloquy. <laughs> <laughs> so we, like, went in. We And I yeah. went up, too. And I was like, I honestly, I don't understand how this school can boast about how it, it protects and wants to make sure it's taking care of its students' mental health. And then you guys want to put us in a dogfight against each other for grades on an unequal playing field. I was like, I'm good. 
I'm in a fine location for myself. But <laughs> but these <laughs> suck. <laughs> nah, but it was one of those things where I'm like, but what? So I'm going to get a good grade now because everybody else is going to get yeah. Like, that's just Yeah. Like, if, if you're going to make a grading system where it's I'm competing against somebody else, you need to have me and that person on the same playing field. And the only differentiation should be which one of us put more hours into study. Mm. And that should really be the only differentiation. But now when you've got a thing where it's like, oh, well, which one of you had a more comfortable environment you could be in? Oh, did you live at home with your parents, with your parents who were toxic and abusive? Yeah. Now, it sucks for you, but now you got an F. Good luck, buddy. And we talking about on the college level, like, imagine the middle school, high school, elementary school kids, like. So, I, you know what's interesting? Another. I don't even understand yeah. what happened during COVID to them. I really don't. I The news didn't really cover it. The news was silent on it. Bruh. I didn't see shit about what was going on with there them. There is a lot. And I mean, from the academic standpoint, a lot of the stuff you said, like trying to shift yourself into being able to perform academically in a home environment is tough. But like, there are students who go to school and that's the only time they eat. Like, mm -hmm. it was way more to yeah. it than no, just right. that. Like, there's, there's environments where like people genuinely need their school structure to survive and that made things a lot more challenging i mean like a lot of school systems did put things in place like there were ways you could pick up food from the schools and stuff like that like a lot of schools did accommodate that but bro be working with students now and it's just like you were a solid a b student you have a 42 in gym right now like bro the motivation and the drive and the they still know, have gym yeah, they be doing jumping jacks in the living room. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> but it, it is it is like, I, I, I'm not going to speak because I don't know what all the schools are doing. But it's a lot of different Like They be having them work out at home. They be like, do something physical in the crib and then log it. Like, they still be what? trying to do, they still be trying to teach gym. But I actually, yeah. I, I didn't even think about gym. Yeah. Like, I totally forgot about that that was a class. How does that work? Bro, imagine being 12 and not being able to play dodgeball a couple times a month. I used to peg in the face with the dodgeball, dog. That was passion for life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Dude, imagine going into your freshman year of college. Yeah. Boom. All online. Dog. That's it. Enjoy. You can come back as a, maybe a junior. Yeah. Maybe a senior. And maybe I you mean, don't come back. On the college level, me working for a university, like, that happened. And some of them didn't come back. Some of them didn't come back. And I mean, it's from hard. The, the residential standpoint, that's a lot of pressure on us, like, you know, what are we doing to make sure that we're keeping them here? And that's mm. just like, you know, we up our game up, but it's tough for us to have that sense of responsibility when there's so many things out of our hands. People don't know COVID f everything up. Everything, yeah. bro. Everything. COVID f everything. It just put up, bro. world on pause. Yeah. COVID f my relationship up, bro. I'm convinced. Byron? I'm convinced. Nothing would have, nothing bad would have happened if it wasn't COVID. Nah, he's wrong. I could tell you right now, he is wrong. I'm wrong. It totally would have been the shambles either way. I could confidently say that uh, <laughs> that I fed my relationship up right before COVID. Uh, I cannot correlate COVID into that. Uh, although, yeah, it says a lot for a man that could take responsibility. Oh, relationship so bad. So that was 100% my fault. Now is the moment of truth. Mm. I want you to be able to get your off. Mm. Is it over? Oh, it's over. It's over? I'm so done with this. How over is it, bro? It's. I was supposed to pick up my stuff today, but you wanted to, to record, and I was like, F 
Yeah, you ain't pick up your hoodies for the pod, bro. bro I was real right. nigga. I was two seconds away from being like, you know, just keep just. It's so over got? that yesterday I said to everybody I know from uh, that whole friend group, and I just left all the group chats, and I was just like, if the homie cut the friends off, this is not worth my time because of the girl. The homie don't rock with the girl, bro. I gotta say, I'm. I was impressed. I really was. Yeah. I I didn't know that level of toxicity, and I feel like it's twofold, right? Because there were some some crazy toxic girls that we met in Montclair. Um, we will never talk about that on this podcast, <laughs> and I won't go into any further detail. But it was very easy to walk away from them. It was easy, but also okay. life wasn't that hard. And I feel like part mm. of it too is like as we have grown older, life has gotten significantly Responsibilities, harder. Bro. Hell yeah! And I think that that level of it makes you more dependent on the people who are around you. It's deep. And moving into a new city was it was rough because yeah. like yeah, I don't really know that many people at all. So you lean on the people you know that are there. Like all my actual real friends are like up in Jersey. So it was kind of one of those situations where I was putting so much trust. You know, very irresponsible way in someone who just simply you should not do that with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you should never do that with her. But you know what's funny? I could honestly say now, um, the amount of times I would like sit in my living room yeah. and just stare at the TV. And you know when you stare through the TV, you ain't even you don't know what's on the TV. You're looking right through it and you're in deep thought. And all I was thinking was like <sighs> <laughs> that's deep but like being able to have that realization is is key because mm. I think that and I can only have this conversation with you because this happened to you I was literally in the same position what like three or four months later yeah. it didn't take that long bro but like you we've know, always had that <laughs> yo for better or worse <laughs> that was one of the lowest moments of my mm. life and I can't speak for you, but I imagine you felt something similar around that time. And it's just like me being there, like, what you about to do next, bro? Yeah. What you, what you, and it's just like I remember you asking me that too. Yeah. You're like, what are you what are you gonna do? And I was like, man, I have no fing idea. What and I think I for me, school. like the bounce back has always been you lost the bitch. Go get you another bitch. Yeah. And the, the sad truth for both of us is it won't be that hard. It but, wasn't. It was a bad decision, too. Don't do it. And that's why, for me, it was like, all right, like, I've done that a bunch of times. I always end up in this position, like... It's a cycle. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. And, bro, I had to sit there and look in the mirror every day and just, like, just be different. Just go harder. Just, like... I think, like, it is a push for you, and it's something that you have to realize, like, this is something that I'm doing wrong. That's step number one, because mm. culturally and societally, we don't really see a lot of that we both did is wrong. That's regular Yeah. That's right. I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people in the That's midst like of- That's like what we grew up around, though. That's like what we thought was like- Regular. Fine. Regular. Yeah. You know, you're praised for that. Yeah. And sometimes- we were. Sometimes you call the for doing the opposite. Crazy. That's, that's the world we live in. Yeah. So for you to be able to go against the norm and be like, all right, what I'm doing right now is problematic- this isn't what I want. What am I about to do differently? Then you got to put in the work to be different mm. for yourself. Mm. I think a lot of people 
look at the concept of relationships nowadays. Like, yo, like, I'm going to just be doing whatever I want to do, bro. I don't care. Once I meet a John, though, and, like, I'm talking like I'm Once I meet a John, though, and it's, like, for real, though, bro, like, I'm going to be loyal, bro. I'm going to hold it down, bro. No, you're not. No. The reason you're not is because you, you don't have any yeah. practice in doing that. You've never done that. Like, bro, if you going to hold down a John and you are genuinely going to love her and be loyal to her, you have to have practice with that. Mm. If you not in a relationship and you f***ing every Jill, Sarah, Trina, whoever else, bro, how you think you just about to turn that? Do we not know that like we gravitate toward that and that has so much of a presence in our lives when that's all we do? Yeah. If you can't turn that off before the fact, once you get there, it's not going nowhere. So what's interesting you said before, you were saying that when we were in college, yeah. it was praised. And you know what's I think funny? it still is now, to be honest. I think it is too, but I feel like there's been more of a push recently. There was no push for mental health while we were going through Montclair State. Uh, that was when it was first starting. I was developing. Who started? I started the You myself. were starting that. I remember like, that. <laughs> all the time. You'd be like, yo, you got to work on your mental health. I'm like, bro. man, I'm Hispanic. My mental health is all, it's just brain power. Bro, bro. I'm, I'm a nigga. Who are you telling? <laughs> I get it. My dad told me straight up, mental health, figment of your imagination. You That's want deep. something, do it. That's deep. My dad but, used to beat my ass. I don't really <laughs> know what that's about. <laughs> nah, but I think that there's a there's definitely something to be said about focusing on your mental health yeah. and how bringing that connection to your relationships mm. and being a healthy person and then reflecting that later. Because if you don't focus on your mental health before the relationship, the relationship is never going to be the right time to work on your mental health. Because now you're dealing with your mental health and ensuring the mental health of somebody else. And I think for me and you, I think you did this too, to be honest, but yeah. you correct me if I'm wrong. I think both of us, instead of working on our own mental health, whatever girl we were with, we just focused on their mental health and right. making sure they were good. I didn't even know you did that. I did that to the I did that all the time. To the T. Because that way I didn't have to work on my own mental health. Bro. I didn't. Because I was like, you know what? I'm doing a good thing. Yeah. I'm fixing somebody else's or I'm, I'm helping and working on someone else's mental health. My oh, mental man. health can't be at the forefront right now because I need to make sure that hers is straight. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so dealing with girls who I dealt with that girl who was, you know, oh, suicidal and too. And so dealing with that kind of shit, it's like, well, how am I going to put myself first when my uh, girlfriend told me she'll kill herself if I uh, leave her or my girlfriend cuts? You know what I mean? Now it's been weird for me being in conversations now with people like that's a tough situation to be in. You definitely, you know, be a resource for them, try to point them in the right direction. But what are you doing for you? Because mm -hmm. if this is too much of a situation for you to be in, you need to take that into account and do what's best for you. Mm. And that, that's a whole nother thing. But hell yeah, bro. Ice my wrist too gold, Now they say golden. Said I just let go of you. I'm so, I'm so over you. My new whip too gold, My new girl don't notice you. Honestly, I give you a lot of credit too because Watch what happened. there is a, uh, this whole thing with like the addic addictive qualities of pornography. Oh. That's insanely. That's ridiculous. like three podcasts in itself. But to already. the point, it's interesting to me because to the point where like, I don't think most people realize how untouchable porn companies are. Bruh, they're insanely untouchable. Man, they Pornhub have right so now, much control over this. Pornhub and every major porn company right now is being sued. 
not just for copyright issues, but sued because of the fact that they have several hundreds of videos of minors. And that shit, you don't see that on the news. Minors, Yo, child facts. porn on Pornhub. And you don't see that on the news. Facts. But the news is quick yeah. to jump into any chain about like Pizzagate <clears throat> or like the Democrats are all like rapists or like, you know what I'm saying? Like they have no issues jumping on that. Yeah. But Pornhub, the website nearly everybody uses, has child porn and it is not reported on. And one thing I'll say, shout out one of my favorite porn stars of all time, <laughs> me and Khalifa. Bro, <laughs> when me and Khalifa stopped doing porn and was like, let me tell you all of the back behind the scenes about the industry, she shed Horrible industry. A bunch of Untouchable. Because they're addictive qualities. Yeah, and people are like, yo, like, you didn't, you know, do anything to defend yourself. You didn't do this. Hire a lawyer. She's like, bro, I'm 19. Yeah. Who's who's hiring a lawyer at 19 when they're offering you five, six, seven, eight, nine Gs for an hour? But it's interesting you say that because I actually, I can't speak on this too much because it's developing right now. So Word. I really can't give any details. Um, but which one you, of which my, you part of the case? I'm not. One of my friends is. One <laughs> oh, of my friends word, is. Word, word. And so they're working on the case, actually. Um, but these companies are being sued. People are speaking out. And it is crazy to see the tactics mm. that these uh, porn industries employ to silence people, to keep them settle at all costs possible. That is their MO. Because to them, no amount of money yeah. is worse than the publicity. And so that's like that's the reality of what's being faced right now. And that is how the legal industry works. If you want to silence something... You settle the case and you force a non-disclosure. And if what it is is bad enough, you settle and you'll give somebody 50 mil to shut the up and never bring it up again. Yeah. And now the issue they're running into, bro, is that they got way too many people they fucked over. They they just allowed way too many children to be raped and have the videos put mm -hmm. on the internet. Crazy world, bro. It's a crazy world. Crazy it's a world. crazy industry, honestly. That they can just get away with that kind of thing. I, I've just, uh, I'm at a lot. The gambling industry is regulated because it's a because it's addictive qualities. Any addictive drug yeah. is heavily regulated. I don't even want to think about. It. I just lost about three, four hundred last weekend. <laughs> I told you not to spend that money. <laughs> but when it comes to the porn industry, what yeah. regulation have you seen? What regulation? Man, they don't even have copyright regulations. Facts. Like that's the only how, regulation I see is it's the wild click west. this button if you're 18. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. They don't even ask me my birthday. Just <laughs> yes or no. Are you 18? That's yes it. or no. That's it. And I think that that is a whole nother. I'm not gonna say another conversation because it factors into this one. But you know, us as men talking about you know issues we've had in our relationships and X, Y, and mm. Z. I can't speak for you, but being introduced to pornography oh, at an age where we shouldn't have been introduced to pornography. And you know what I'm saying? What does that tell us mentally? What are we taking in? What are we normalizing? What is, you know, being yeah. fed into our subconscious? Like, we go out and think that sex is really supposed to be like that. Yeah. Like, that's some you Walk around thinking you could treat people like that. Hell yeah. And you know what's interesting? People today are hesitant to take the COVID vaccine because they don't know what its long-term effects will be. Mm. Man, no one had any idea what the long-term effects of porn on the human brain would be. We are the guinea pigs. We are the generation that grew up with porn being readily accessible. Like, we grew up when YouTube started growing up. That, yeah. that was our, our yeah. upbringing. 
That was right when YouTube had started, viral videos started, Facts. and just free porn online videos had started. So I think it's very interesting to see how people will go out of their way. And they'll be like, I'm not getting the COVID vaccine. You have no idea what it'll do. And then I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, you watch porn? You have no idea what that does to your brain. You don't have the slightest idea. I promise idea. you it's not it's good. Brand new. I it's promise you it's new. not good, whatever it is. You're a guinea pig for that, but you ain't yeah. got no problems there, huh? Yeah, I think it's very interesting that we've allowed an industry to be created unregulated, uh, mm. no idea what its effects are. And the only thing we know for sure is that it is unbelievably addictive. So addictive, Facts. doctors don't even try and treat it. They don't even talk about it. It is just, just swept under the rug and it's treated like, oh, you watch porn every single day? Totally normal. It's like putting your socks on. Don't worry about it. We don't have to talk about that. Like, that's the way it's treated. I remember looking up from my own curiosity um, that how do you deal with porn addiction? Mm. And the only thing I could find was conversations of talking about addiction and normalizing the conversation so that we can have more of the conversation and, you know, have it be understood that it's a problem. And I said, cool. What the f are we supposed to do about it now? We're not even there yet. We're not even Bro. at a point where people can talk about the fact that it's a problem. Bro. Which I mean, is insane to me. Let's Google it. We have technology now. Yeah, I'd love to know where we're at with this whole concept because I've thought about this many times and I really do have several concerns because in the 90s, if you wanted to watch porn, what'd you need? A VHS. You had to go to like literally an adult sex shop and yeah. buy a VHS tape and pop it in at home on your TV. That's one thing. Now people just they just grab the cell phone and they put it horizontally. Annual annual revenue anywhere between six to fifteen billion. Billion annual. Six to fifteen billion. That's what the industry gosh. is worth. Annually. You add all the up to whatever shit, bro. Yeah. Ron Jeremy been bringing in a couple million himself <laughs> for who knows how long. That's so that's how we live. I know at least when uh when my friend who uh, also is in the the legal industry uh started working on these cases and they were telling me about the issues on the cases all and I was just like good luck like I didn't know what else to tell them because right. honestly how do you take on a giant like that when Congress refuses to regulate it and frankly who's gonna regulate it? Our Congress is made up of pretty much all older white men. What do you think they do in their Me free and Khalifa going to do it, bro. <laughs> Me and Khalifa going to regulate it. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Worse mm. come to worse. People try to come crazy in Mia Khalifa mm. on some life-threatening Bro, you people, right up in there, huh? people will kill for Mia Khalifa. I will tell you right <laughs> is now. Is people you? Is you people? I'm in a happily committed <laughs> relationship. People will ride mm. life or death for Mia Khalifa. Facts. But you know no, what's funny? That's a conversation. Circling back to a prior conversation, you yeah. asked me, is is it cut off? Uh, oh, I know it's cut off because I'm going to make sure it's cut off. It is cut off. <laughs> However, it's it's interesting to me because I went from uh, one relationship yeah. that was a stable, I would say almost healthy relationship, consistent to this like sporadic, ridiculous thing. Mm. And what was interesting for me, those nights where I would be staring at the TV and just looking right through it, all I could think was like, this person sitting right next to me literally is the embodiment of every single one of my toxic traits in one. Mm. 
And like it was one of those things where you know when you like that's powerful, bro. You're like I deserve what I'm getting right now. I was mm. like, this is a karma that I need to taste and I need to understand well because I just put somebody through f-ing hell mm. over my toxic traits, and I'm literally watching them being spit back in my f-ing face. And I think that for me was one of those moments where it was like hard for me to leave because part of me wanted to prove to myself that I wasn't so awful and I didn't need to change and that my toxic traits are livable. Mm. And I learned my lesson. They are not. That is something that I got to work on and move past and get That's better the, with. Bro, I'm going to tell you, from me to you, mm. the first step of that is forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself. You we. That's life. That's mm. life. Forgive yourself. Give yourself the grace that maybe nobody else has. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Let yourself be a human. Let yourself make mistakes. Take in everything you need to take in from that. Yeah. Based on what you just said, seems like you took in a lot. I took in plenty. Where do you go next? Because obviously you can't stay there, and obviously you can't keep entertaining something that you think you deserve when you really don't. Yeah. You're better. Nah, you're right. You're right. And the only reason I have had so many conversations with you about I like a lot of people. Yeah. I think your mother does too, because I know your mom's a chain like her either. And I remember She's when not. you said because I immediately thought That's of Justin Bieber. Sign. Bro. I'm, my mom's never liked My mom don't like you. And she, she likes, likes everyone. everyone. <laughs> she likes every everybody. Bro. But like that's how but like for me, and I thought about this a lot, like as a person, she's cool. I might kick it with her. Like, the only reason I do not rock with this chick is I don't rock with her for you. Yeah. I know you. I know what you're worth. I know mm. your potential. I know your work ethic, which has motivated me in times where I didn't even have for myself. You being that <laughs> m- with this person, I because oh. you are so farther in life and worth so much more mm. and have so much more potential than this. Bruh. Once again, she's cool. I don't rock. I don't rock with. I'm saying I don't rock with her. I don't rock with her for you, and that's the only yeah. reason. That's the only reason. Yeah. Listen, man, for me, it was one of those things where it was just, man, if you had to stare at your own toxic traits in a mirror, you get to a point where you're like, I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't. It's like instant karma. And I feel like the the instant karma is something, it is powerful. Yeah. There's, there's something to be said about when you do something f- up and then a couple days later or a week later, karma comes and it bites you. And then there's something else about literally watching karma bite you in the face right in front of you over and over again and eating it because you're like, well, I would do the same thing. So it's cool. Or I I would do that. Or I've done that before. And so you're like, ah. And then you get to a point where you're just like, whoa, hold on. Nah, just because I did it before didn't mean it was okay. It just meant that I was for and I shouldn't do that to people. We just got to be better for us. All right, I'm about to bring this to a close because both of these cameras about to die. Oh. And I don't even know if we're going to be here. Today's episode is brought to you by the energy and antics of New Amsterdam original. And Wawa <coughs> OJ. Gin and juice, baby. Gin and juice, baby. Keep that OJ. All right, before we close, I know you said you got your bar coming soon. I got the bar right here, bro. All right, let's hear it. I got all the questions for you. I got the simplified version. It's only five questions. (laughs) However, this is a a speed. You know, like the bar is timed. 
This is also timed. Okay. It's rapid fire. Oh, as soon shit. as I ask you a question, right with the answer, bro. I'm going right. to give you a couple seconds. Do some mental stretches. Okay. Is it, Are these going to be legal questions? Oh, this is all real. This is all real, bro. Oh, all right. All right. Shouldn't have drank before. I will not be drinking before I consult my clients. <laughs> Go for it. Give me a three, two, one. Let me know when you're ready. All right, I'm ready. Would you rather be successful with enemies or unsuccessful with friends? Rapid fire. Hurry up, bro. Unsuccessful with friends. What came first, chicken or the egg? The chicken came first. Sherbet or sorbet? Man, I actually don't know about either of those two. I, I'm going to say sorbet. It sounds fancier. Would you rather park on a parkway or drive through a driveway? Drive through a driveway every time. <laughs> Man, f it ain't nothing wrong with him. I, I love That's not a lie. Me not too. that I don't love can't speak on that, but I, a, I've been with big girls and I love them. We have a longer conversation off camera. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the time. Until the next time we're back, you know where we at. Let's get it. Thanks for watching, guys.